Hey everyone, it's Colin. We have a great show today with Toronto-based business coach, consultant, and author Warren Coglin. Of course, on the show, I pronounced his name wrong. He never corrected me till the end, so he was very gracious in his uh, correcting. But Warren's knowledge is going to be extremely helpful to business leaders. Small, mid-sized business leaders should listen to help focus in on strategic thinking. If you are considering business coaching as a profession, Warren outlines some of the distinctions between business coaching and life coaching. We will discuss how poker is very similar to business, and we'll discuss operational strategy and how businesses should focus on long-term strategic thinking, i.e. the game, versus short-term thinking, i.e. the hand. We will provide a couple of examples of strategic thinking and develop ways any business leader can focus on the long term. So, hey, you'll notice when you listen that my voice is a little bit off and still working on trying to figure out this uh, microphone thing, but I I think you'll really enjoy what Warren has to say. And by the way, I've broken down the episode, the session into smaller chunks, for lack of a better word, pushed them out on YouTube, Instagram TV. Um, with specific topics as opposed to the whole thing. But I think you'll enjoy the whole show, uh, but you can go out and check out some of those videos too at Harbor Time Strategy Talks Podcast. So thank you for listening. Talk to you soon. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Harbor Time Strategy Talks. I'm your host, Colin Harbor. I wanted to say something to you, and I hope you listen to me, because if you haven't done it yet, I really want to encourage you to do it. And it's go out and look at the pictures and the the audio and the the video from, from Mars. It is super cool. We landed on Mars last week, and um, it, we're getting some great pictures back. And I just want to mention that again because you don't want to miss out on that opportunity. Here in Dallas, we're still recovering from the snowstorm last week. I was just telling uh, our guest Warren before we started that it's amazing. I, I think we're going to hit 70 degrees today. It's sunny. It's almost like the snowstorm never happened. And, and I know there's a lot of people struggling, so I don't mean to say that, but it's just amazing how quickly things can change. And one other thing I wanted to do is a, a shameless plug. Those of you who check out my YouTube channel and listen to the podcast know that I started pushing out what I'm calling the Vulnerability Tour 2021. My dad wrote a book in 2005 entitled 17 Roadblocks on the Highway of Life and, and How to Get Around Them. And with his permission, I'm pulling some of those roadblocks out. I'm covering some of the topics like failure, criticism, communication, anxiety, envy, immobilization, indecisiveness. And we're looking at those from a business standpoint and, and how we can improve in those areas, how we can overcome those obstacles. So check that out. I've, I've done the first two, which was failure and criticism is going to be pushed out this week. And then over the next few weeks, I'm going to cover the other topics. And I want to say thank you to, for listening and watching. Um, I, I would encourage you to like, share, and comment 
Um, it's very helpful to, to pass the information around. And you know, we try to provide meaningful content and things that can impact you from a business strategy standpoint. And I, and I hope it's good information. I hope it's good content and, and helpful for you. So back in December, I read a Forbes article and it outlined the trends for 2021, the business trends for 2021. I'm, I'm you know, I love, I, I really enjoy working with those and moving in December for the following year. And a couple of the trends for businesses that things need to be more purposeful and meaningful. So uh, this article says there's a trend to have more purpose and meaning in your jobs. Younger generations that are entering the workforce want to connect with a purpose or work for a company that has real meaning. We may talk about a little bit of that today. One of the other trends that they talked about, though, was business model innovation. I think pretty much everybody had to innovate in 2020. And what the article says is it's going to continue through 2021 and into the future. It identifies restaurants, for instance, as pivoting during the pandemic. And we'll talk about pivoting. Um, we're going to use different words. Um, I, I don't know that pivoting is the word that Warren likes to use, I guess. So we may look at it from a different angle. But innovation, business model innovation. What are you doing to innovate? What are you doing to change your model or to improve your model uh, moving forward? So we're going to talk about that from a context of adding or modifying your business, which with several of Warren's clients have had to do in the past. So another one, the third one, uh, well, there was 10, but the, one of the other ones that they identified was social engagement. We saw a lot of social unrest or demand for social change. I think we're going to continue to see that. Forbes would agree. I think we all would agree. So you're going to need to, to build your business around that, build your focus around that. How do you participate in some of the social changes? You may not agree with all of them. That's okay. But from a, from a business standpoint, you need to be thinking about that. So let me go ahead and introduce our guest today. I recently met with Warren Coughlin, uh, Coughlin via phone conference. Um, I'll tell you, Warren is based out of Toronto, so technically this is my first international guest, which I'm, I'm very happy about, um, even though I guess Canada is, is right across the border from the United States. I really enjoyed hearing about what he does for businesses and how he helps businesses. Warren's a business coach, and he helps individuals and companies grow. So how's that for purpose? When we talked about meaningful, when we talk about your mission, he's got a mission to help individuals and companies grow. I consider personally, after reading about Warren and talking to him, I consider him a renaissance man, a modern renaissance man. He's, he's worked with entrepreneurs since 2002. He's also a recovering lawyer, a serial entrepreneur, a former college professor, as well as an actor and a theater director. So he's done a little bit of everything and he takes all of these experiences and brings them to businesses and individuals to, again, help them grow. Warren is based out of Toronto. He also has an ebook that he recently uh, put out and we will talk about that a little bit. So, hey Warren, how, how are you doing today? Fantastic, thanks for having me. It's great to see you. Good. And I got to say, I, I love I love that you started by talking about the Mars landing. You know, where you get into podcasts, we're thinking about our businesses, but it's good to pause every now and again and just enjoy wonder. You know that yeah, I, I watched that. Landing. 
It was it was amazing. And just think we're we're roving around another planet for crying out loud. That's and, that's and pretty remarkable. Great, great pictures, great footage. It's incredible. It's almost like I'm standing in my backyard taking some of these pictures. So it is unbelievable. And again, I encourage everybody to do that because you're right. If we get so entrenched in our business or in, in certain things in life, it's great just to take a step back and breathe. What else is going on in the world, or in this case, in, in the galaxy, in the universe? What else is going on? And uh, yeah, that's great. So Warren, let's uh, let's go ahead and kick it off with who is Warren Coughlin, and, and what do you do? <laughs> uh, so. Who is I? Uh, I'm a business coach primarily. Uh, well, primarily I'm a dad, uh, dad and husband. Um, but my my career is coaching entrepreneurs, and I've been doing that, like you said, since about 2002. But I came to it through a really kind of circuitous route. It's it's weird to have a bio that starts at birth, but in my case, it's kind of relevant. I was I was supposed to die at birth. I was the second person in history to live through this really weird congenital defect, and so when I when I learned about that a little later in life, it kind of spurred in me this desire to do something meaningful with this unexpected gift, right? And so all these weird things I did were all in kind of in pursuit of that. You know, I was I was going to be a lawyer because pursuit of justice, maybe go into politics. Um, and then, you know, being a college professor, transforming young minds, the, the, the power of art through acting and theater directing. And then it was really in entrepreneurship, where it really started to sing to me, you know, you talked about social change. I actually, I believe deeply in the core of my being that entrepreneurship is one of the most powerful forces for positive social change. And so it's really important that entrepreneurs Absolutely. get the support, you know, to do what they to do what they want to do. So that's why I do what I do is that I think that what limits entrepreneurs ability to have the impacts that they're able to have is is just skill development. Most entrepreneurs go into business not because they've pursued a long study of business, but because they have some passion that they want to pursue. And if they can marry that with the right kind of business skills, then they're going to be able to optimize their ability to have those impacts. So that's kind of my shtick. Yeah, that's kind of the do what you love or do you something with purpose and you'll never work a day in your life concept, right? If, if you're doing <laughs> exactly. something that you exactly. really enjoy, that, that you feel like is going to impact somebody, then you're not really working. You're just living. You're just living yeah. and, and making money, pay bills to do it. But, so, but the trick the trick of it is that about, skill development, right? Oh, oh sorry yeah. about that. Go ahead. Absolutely. No, 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 that's okay. I mean, uh, you know, feel free to jump in anytime. I was just going to go to the next question. Um, let's talk about business coaching in general. How do you approach coaching, particularly operational strategy, which I know is, is what we talked about. And, and let's talk about the process and, and how you coach individuals and businesses. Sure. So there's, there's actually a lot in that question. Um, so let me just unpack a couple of things. So first thing is to clarify that Business coaching is not the same as life coaching for business folks. That's that's an important distinction because business coaching is about integrating into the organization all the specific business skills, mindsets, the systems, even the tools to help the owner reach his or her goals, right? Um, pure coaching, like if you talk to, talk to people in coaching institutes and stuff, the theory of coaching is that the answers all lie within the client. And by just asking smart questions, the answers will emerge from the client's own mind. The reality is, in, business, in a business context, you can't draw out of someone how to do a three-month rolling cash flow projection if they've never seen one, right? So business coaching involves some training and consulting, 
as well as that kind of goal setting and visioning and that kind of thing. So there's an important distinction in there. So it's in some sense, business coaching isn't pure coaching. It's a combination of coaching, training and consulting. On the strategy piece, what I've okay. what I've come and, to, and I came to this through some hard questions. Yeah. Sorry, go ahead. No, no, go ahead. Yeah. Oh, um, you know, I came to this bit about strategy, honestly, because like a lot of coaches, when I started, I I more or less took the client from where they were. Right. This is how we'd work on the challenges or objectives that they'd identified as kind of most important. But over time, I started to see that most entrepreneurs they confuse symptoms with problems. Right. So we weren't always working on what mattered most. So now I always take clients through a really, really deep dive into the business. And when you say, well, what's the process I go through? So I actually created a tool that automates the entire front end of the strategic planning process because and it's it's how you kind of create a SWOT analysis, which is strengths, weaknesses, opportunities and threats. And people, if I ask them to do it on their own, they come back to me with like 15 items. But when I got through with them, they would come up with about 150. So what I did was to make it easier, I built this tool that automates. It just asks them a bunch of yes, no questions with some qualifiers, and it automatically populates the SWOT analysis. And from there, we build out an actionable 90-day plan, a system for doing that every quarter. And then most importantly, because here's the thing about strategy, most strategies fail not because they're bad strategies, they fail in execution. So I try to make sure that there's there's a process for effective execution. I don't do anything from a curriculum. It's really based on the client situation because everybody's a different stage of evolution, right? So that's kind of, that's in a real nutshell how it works. Yeah. But it, what I find is it because it's focused on what is important at the time, that what, what a lot of entrepreneurs do is they play whack-a-mole, right? It's like, let's just hit what's there right now. But when you can focus, I always say to people, mm-hmm. if you can do two major improvements a quarter, you'll have done eight in a year. You find me five businesses that have done eight major improvements over the course of a year. There's not that many, right? And it's because they don't do that kind of focus. So that's really, that's kind of what I try to do is help people get super focused on what matters, go, go to completion and then go to the next one. Okay, good. So I was looking at the next question here and what I realized, I, I don't know why I didn't realize that when I put it together, but it's actually like, 47 questions in, in one. So I, I apologize for that. I may, I may skip over. I was thinking, how am I going to ask this next question? I mean, it's, there's so many questions. I believe you could probably provide about a two hour response. Um, so let me, <laughs> let me think about this. So we talked about your previous experiences and what happens when the cash flow dries up, as you've experienced before from a business standpoint. COVID hit the world stage in, in 2020. And so to, to, to carry forward what, what we just discussed, how do you get business owners to get away from the short-term thinking into more strategic long-term thinking? And um, how is strategy like a poker game? So I know those are two uh, different questions, but if we can tie them together, maybe that'd be great. Yeah, they, they actually do tie together really well. Um, you know, you and I talked about that a little bit about the poker. So, I like this metaphor of poker because it's not pure gambling in a tradi- in a, in the sense people normally think of gambling, right? Like poker is a game of skill that has chance baked into it. And that's very much like business, right? Business is a game of skill, but there's uncertainty, there's probabilities. So in poker, a rookie might win a given hand, but a professional will always win the game. 
And so when you say, how do, how do you get people focusing on the long term? That's kind of how, like, what's the game you're trying to win? You're not trying to win the hand. When you're focused on the short term, you're trying to win the hand, right? When, you, when you're focusing on the long term, you're trying to win the game. And so to get people thinking about that, you got to kind of think about, well, what's, why are you in this game at all, right? What's, why are you playing it? Why do you want to, what do you want out of it and why? It's, it's, and it's also having them see the danger of not doing this, right? Like what happened, when, why a lot of people got nailed in COVID is they hadn't, we had a 10-year run, right? That was pretty good economically, and so anybody who started a business within that 10 years, they never got kicked in the teeth. And so they sort of thought this business thing isn't all that hard. And so they didn't necessarily scaffold around the for, for, you know risks that were coming. And we couldn't anticipate COVID, but every 10 years, there's something, right? I've been through four downturns. Right. There's always a downturn. Yeah. And if you're only focused on the I'm short term, yeah, if you're only focused on the short term, you're not going to build for the eventual downturn. One of my clients, just as a, a simple story, but she she was in an industry that was decimated by COVID, like in, you know, sort of related to the event space. Nobody was traveling and doing events anymore, right? But what she had done was done such an amazing job at building cash reserves and building the right systems and building the client relation management uh, exercises and building deep entrenched relationships with clients. What she did, she didn't lay off a single person she got her entire team focusing on how their business can modify to, to get to the client's needs. She spoke with the clients about what they were doing, so they were loyal to her. She didn't lay off a single person. She's probably going to have the best or second best year of her company's history this year in a, in a time when her industry was decimated. And that's just because, so when you, you, know, you say stories like that hopefully help people go, oh, maybe I shouldn't just be thinking about the next two or three months. I need to be thinking long term. Like, here's just a very simple, I, I was uh, participated in a call about two weeks ago. And one of the potential outcomes coming is that there's, there's some research that's suggesting there's going to be a lot of people shifting jobs once we come on the other end of COVID. Mm -hmm. If you're not looking at that sure. now, you're going to be in trouble. Because, so what you need to be doing now is thinking about how you're building your culture how you are ensuring that the people you have love the place they're working, how they're going to talk to other people they know to bring them to you when you start to grow again. There's going to be a massive competition for high top talent, you know, somewhere in the next year to two. And if you're not thinking about that now, you're going to all of a sudden have an outflow of people and be scrambling in a time when you've got increased demand. So short-term thinking is yeah. something that's going to bite you on the backside. Yeah, and that that actually leads into the next question. I don't know if you did that on purpose or not because you because you've seen the questions. But when, when we talked a, a couple of weeks ago, you said something that was in, impactful to me. I thought it was a great quote. I'm going to attribute it to you, and I, if you took it from someone else, sorry. But in the face of an uncertain environment, don't tortoise, but instead plan. It's it's the same thing, you know. Don't focus on short term results when you when you got to be looking at the bigger picture. But um, you know, let's talk a little bit about that tortoising and planning. I know we've covered it a lot already, but you know, let's expand it a little bit for uh, a little bit further. Yeah, there's there's a nuance to it more than what we've talked about so far. In the face in the face of uncertainty or fear, there is a natural human instinct to go into kind of a protective mode, right? And that's what I call tortoising. Is you're going to go sure. into your shell. And so people like they start, 
laying off lots of people and they get smaller in their thinking, right? And, and sometimes, listen, I, I, had a, I had a client, well, I had a couple of clients early in the COVID experience who wanted to close. Like they were actually talking to me about shutting down their business. And it was that natural sort of fear reaction, right? And I, I pushed them and we, we actually ran numbers. We looked at marketing plans. We looked at timing of the cycles of their business. And more importantly, and here's, here's the really, I know we're going to talk about pivoting in a minute, but here, here's the really important thing to think about. You have to think about the underlying need your clients have, not just the thing you're selling them. And when you realize that even though the way you deliver it can't be delivered the same way anymore, that need still exists, then you get creative about how else can we deliver that need. So both those clients have said to me they were going to close. Mm -hmm. We actually mapped out a plan. One of them is going to have their best year ever. They didn't close, right? But there was that tortoise thing where like fear, bad things, don't know what to do, shut down. So sometimes that's why you need an outside perspective because your emotional reaction is to go into protection and you need a different view of things. But if you can stop and go, hey, okay, I'm not going to Yeah, I was going to say, I'm as guilty as anybody uh, of the tortoising. I, I lost my job last March and I tortoised, I think, for a couple of months, <laughs> quite frankly, right. before I decided to go into the uh, starting my own company and, and doing consulting and services. I've got three clients now. Um, you know, it, it, it's looking like it's going to be okay. But when that first hit, tortoise, you know, I, I just went into my shell. I shrunk. I hid the fear. How am I going to take care of my family? How am I going to do all these things? And I think it's just a natural reaction. So I, I know you're about to say something yep. else. Yeah. Well, the alternative to that is to plan, right? And what do we mean by planning is just saying, I'm here. I want to go here. What are the resources I have in front of me? So how do I deploy those resources to get out of the situation I'm in to a situation I want to go to? And when you can do that, and it's sometimes it's in bad. I, I had a, when I my very first business enter, enterprise that I tried actually got stolen from me. Right, I left my job, started this initiative, and some people did an end run around it. And I was like, oh my god, what am I going to do now? I don't have a job. The thing I left to do is no longer available to me. And so I immediately went into planning. And that's how I became a college professor. I actually looked at what I was able to do. I, I packaged a course together, sold it to a college. College hired me to do it. While I was teaching the college, I started building out an on, a second entrepreneurial venture. And that wound up becoming a really major uh, a major business. Well, it was, it, was, it was super cool. But it was that instead of tortoising, I just made this conscious decision to go plan what the next sequence is going to be. And that gets you out of it. Now, sometimes planning, it isn't all, I don't want to be Pollyanna-ish about it either. Sometimes the right thing to do is close, even if just for a short time. But the thing, but the difference here is not to do it out of fear, but to do it out of an intentional decision. I had a conversation with a, a business owner last week who said, I should have closed my business rather than keep paying these costs given what happened. And it was an ego thing to kind of keep it going. The smart play for him would have been to close even temporarily, keep his cash, and then on the other end of this, resurface again, or to, you know, try something else. Because in his particular industry, there wasn't a really clear pivot. So, you know, is, my point is to make all your decisions really intentional, not fear-based. And that's that, that's that difference between tortoising and planning. Right.
Yeah, I agree. And you, you kind of ended, or right before you made that last statement, you, you you mentioned the word pivot. So we talked about pivoting a couple of weeks ago, and I know that you don't necessarily like that word itself, but you know the concept uh, that we talked about is is a little bit different. Um, so let's talk about let's talk about it as adding or morphing or modifying, which is are some of the words you used in our last meeting. Um, why should businesses consider morphing or be prepared? We've already talked about prepared, so we, we understand that. But, but why should they consider morphing in 2021? We've already covered some of it. Hey, there's going to be a, a great wave of people who are switching careers. So our company's ready for that, right? Are they, are they ready to handle it? What are some other reasons businesses should consider morphing? Or well, and just so I just so I'm clear, I don't I, I don't universally hate the word pivoting. I think it's overused. Like a pivot means I'm here and I'm now going there, which is doing something different. Like a pivot is a is a fundamental change. For most businesses, they're not doing a fundamental change, and it's that thing I said that if you look at like let's take events for example. So when somebody has an event, you say, well, we're in the event business. Well, are you really in the event business? Why is that company having that event? They're having that event because they want to make sure that their culture is strong, their employees are engaged, right? And they care about the company. Oh, so that's the thing we're trying to address. We're not just having an event because we're having an event. We're doing something to impact the culture of the organization. Given our expertise, how else can we impact the culture of that organization in another way? And when you start thinking about the skills you have and what the client's underlying objective is, then you can shift how you deliver that, right? How, how you create that outcome. And when you're sort of outcome focused, then you're able to be more creative in what you do. So I had a client that does, that did a type of business where it was like helping people find locations for something. And so people aren't looking for those kind of locations right now. They're doing it online. So they've sort of brought in technological options. So now they're becoming sort of a technology broker in a way, but it's still serving the underlying objective of to bring people together for this stuff. You know, I, a mentor of mine named Keith Cunningham, he wrote a great book called The Road Less Stupid. Um, and in that book, he tells the story of, of a fire that happened in a place called, called I think it's called Man Gulch. Yeah. And a bunch of people died. But the reason they died was this fire kind of bloomed. It was a small fire, but it, it got huge. And so they had to kind of go up this really steep embankment. But the ones that died, they were still carrying their backpacks with their axes and shovels and stuff. And why? Because they'd been trained to never leave them behind. And, but So the lesson of that is when the environment changes and the circumstances change, the way you have always done things may not serve you. And so the survival technique is to, to look at how do we have to change things quickly to allow us to take advantage of what's before us. You mentioned restaurants, right? Restaurants who sat there going, I'm just going to wait until people come back when they lift these, you know, stay at home orders and people are going to come back. That's a really dangerous strategy, right? The, but here's the thing. People still need to eat and people want restaurant food. They want food that, you know, they can't cook themselves. So the need is still there. The way they're going to realize that need is different. So people that did, you know, curbside pickup, outdoor patios, home delivery, um, subscriptions, some restaurants went to a boxing kind of idea where they send the ingredients where you can cook it at home. Like there's all of a sudden those innovations allowed these restaurants to thrive. So that's that when you say, why should people morph? It's like two reasons, two different ways of looking at it. 
One is, so your business survives, obviously. But the second is, if you are in business for a purpose, if you're in business because there's a need that you need see that needs to be addressed, well, don't give up on your purpose. That need will still be there. How are you going to make sure those people are helped? Don't leave them abandoned. Don't leave them not able to get the, the support they need. Use your skills to allow yourself to keep serving them. And when you keep serving them, they're going to be appreciative of your creativity and your commitment to them. And they'll be loyal to you, which will help your business survive. Yeah, absolutely. That's right on target. So we're going to we're going to um, run out of time here shortly. So I'm going to skip one of the questions. But the question I'm not going to skip. First of all, you mentioned the book, The Road Less Stupid. You're the second guest I've had that has has mentioned that book. So I'm definitely going to have to get it. Um, oh, it's, it sounds, Keith, it's a, Keith great, is a genius. Yeah, the title itself is is wonderful. But let's talk about books then. So you wrote a book. You've um, so so. Why did you decide to write a book? And and I think I read where it's free. Now I'm not telling everybody to call you to get a free book if if it's not free. But I thought I read where it's free. So why'd you write it a is book? Free. And why, is it, why is it free? So it's an ebook. It's a it's a short one. It's about I don't know. I can't remember twenty four to thirty pages. Um, and it's it's on the seven steps to successfully building out a strategic plan and executing on it. Because it's, re- it's easy to say, right, like build a plan, but most people don't know how to do it. So I, I walk through all the steps to do it, and there's a couple of templates in there that people can use. It's got the frameworks for how to do the right kind of analytical model. Um, and if you follow the steps, you will build a strategic plan that will guide you. And if you follow the steps on execution, then you will build that discipline over time to make sure you're winning the game, not the hand. That's, that's what it's all about. And why is it free? Um, just because I think it's information that, that people need. It's not, you know, it's candid, candidly, it's not a big enough book that I'd want to sell. So to, you know, for that kind of content to sell it for like $7 or something, I, that kind of money doesn't matter. Right. So I'd rather just that knowledge get in people's hands and then they can start to use it. And then if they like the way that I think the way my process works, if they stumble in doing their SWOT analysis or coming up with their strategic focus and want some help, then, you know, hopefully they'll see me as someone who might be able to help them. So that's the Gary V, Gary Vaynerchuk strategy, which is put out free information, put out free content, put out free content. They'll come eventually, right? People will get it. People will take it. And then people will potentially hire you for things. I've heard him say that a million times. Um, yeah, I mean, I, so, I, don't, I, I guess I don't look at it as sort of uh, exchange-based as that. Like, I don't necessarily think the person who's going to buy my ebook is the person who's going to contact me later. If they do, Fantastic. But I do think it's more just, I think there's something a little bit more energetic. Like when you put stuff out in the world, it comes like my, my wife always jokes around when I start doing marketing and providing value, I all of a sudden get people coming in this way that had nothing to do with the content that I put out. Um, so there's something just, I don't know, positive, I think, about doing that. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, I agree with you. And I, I think that, that even Gary V would, would agree with you. I'm not speaking for him, but it was more along the lines of you, you don't charge for everything, you, you know? Um, yeah. So let's talk about a couple of things. I'm going to put up a picture uh, for the video uh, for people to see of the book. Um, but also, if someone wants to get in touch with you, what's the best way to do it, Warren? 
So the book is available at my website, which is warrencoglin.com, and that's C-O-U-G-H-L-I-N. Um, so and then I said Coughlin. Is it Co- Coughlin? Coughlin, yes. Oh, I'm, I, I apologize. I forgive Sorry. you. I forgive okay, you. Okay, thank you. <laughs> I'm enjoying the and, uh, your name, so. That's all right. And to get a hold of me, just my email is warren at warrencoglin.com. That's the easiest way to reach me. Okay. Well, I appreciate you and I appreciate you being here with me today and talking about these topics. I think they're so strategic and so important for businesses, quite frankly, of all sizes, particularly now. Like you said, every every 10 years, it seems like we do have big, I don't want to say disaster, but a pandemic or a housing crisis or a technology bust or different things. But you need to be preparing. The guests that I have this week, we talked about preparedness. And I think that's the underlying theme that, that we're seeing is you don't know what's going to happen. Prepare your business. And when it does happen, by the way, if you weren't completely prepared, don't thwart us. You know, figure out a way around it. So I appreciate you and thanks for being on. And, and thank you, everybody, for listening. Um, please feel free to like, subscribe share the information with someone and i'd certainly appreciate your feedback you can do that through youtube through my webpage colinharbor.com or through linkedin um or, or my email which is colin at colinharbor.com so thank you very much thanks warren and uh thank you so much colin it was fun it was great to be here all right thank you